You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. So excited about today's show. My name is Angie. I'm your host. And in the studio with me is Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello again. What a great day, Angie. I love this series. The series we're doing is called The God Box. And first of all, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that we create a box for God. That's bad. That's not a good thing to do. And then we talked about how we create a box for God to do things. We put things in the box we were asking God to do. And then sometimes we peek into the lid or maybe we snatch it back out of the box. That's not a good thing to do. And this week, we're talking about what we've learned over the last couple of weeks and how do we apply this to our outreach. When we go out and we share our faith with people, Mark, we need to talk about how do we put God in a box in those circumstances. So before we get started, why don't you introduce our guest? He's going to be with us for the whole conversation today. Yeah, that's great, Angie. Uh, I am excited today. Uh, We have uh, Pastor Richard Hildebrand from Hancock County with us that uh, walked with us in November of last year, and it was so exciting because Pastor Richard and I both experienced some things that really blew the lids off of our box, didn't, didn't they, Richard? (laughs) <laughs> you better believe it, Mark. Well, the exciting thing today is we're going to unpack what this is like. I, I'm, I just have this picture in my mind, Angie, that we're we're walking out there with like a shoebox under our arm, like, well, God's in here, and you know, it's like we 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 can wrap him up and diminish him, but there's absolutely no way we could do that. But all right, so we want to start with a scripture today out of Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine, and it says in the NIV, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways," declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher. Than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so when we think we have God figured out, boy, we are in <laughs> <Wrong>. trouble. <laughs> we are in severe trouble. Richard, can you comment on this? Uh, well, first of all, just uh, this is one of the passages that I put down under the gut check passages, which is if you ever uh, are walking around and, and you're getting a little bit, as my grandma would say, too big for your britches. Um, go go ahead and flip it up to Isaiah 55, 8, and 9, and that'll be sure to be a place where God will put you back where you need to go. Yeah, I, I think as we talk today about what it's like to go out in evangelism with God in the box, a couple of things that really come to mind here. The first thing that I experienced that, that I had to wrestle through, and I know several folks wrestle through, which is one of the things that we kind of like to do at our local churches, and, and I'm, I'm no better, please don't hear that, there's no judgment, no bad people, but we kind of approach evangelism with this sense of programming, like this is some sort of game we're supposed to win, some sort of objective we're supposed to hit. We kind of see sharing the gospel and leading people to Jesus as a check marks on some sort of salvation game, right? Like uh, there's some sort of salvation bingo, and if you get the right combo, then you get a Vera Bradley purse wow. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that's that's kind of number one, which is kind of changing our, our paradigm here. One of the things that we teach in Revive Ohio, and one of the things that, that really helped out my wife, Laura, and me a lot, is uh, the very first thing that, that uh, you learn is that you're not going out as some sort of way to grow an organization. You're not going out in some sort of way to... Uh, 
to win a game. You're going out simply in the love of Jesus. And so the word I just want, I want all of you listening at home to write down or to think about is the word of being open. Mm. Okay. Because ultimately our job as Christians is not to, is not to do some sort of checkmark list of like, look how many people I brought to Jesus. Our job is simply to love individuals and to be open to what God has and what God is moving. The thing that really kind of makes this a lot easier and a lot more powerful is realizing that the Holy Spirit has already been at work and is at work out in the world, and we are we are just walking beside Him, seeing what He's doing, and we get to play a part in the game that God has already started. And that's that's just an amazing thing, and I think that helps us out tremendously when we look at this idea of... of uh, if you want to take God out in the box, then, then go out with some sort of program or check sheet. As a matter of fact, go print off a bingo card and walk around with it. Right? That's really good. <laughs> but, if, right. If, if, if you, but if you really want to experience what it's like to, to let God out of the box when we talk about evangelism, the first word is be open. Just be open to what God is doing and try not to let that pre-programming slip into your brain. That's excellent, Richard. You know, it's interesting how you start articulating that because this is like real life. This is where the rubber meets the road. Of course, we read these texts and we read these stories, but this is a real life. Like this is actually two lives, you and Laura. It's been such a great time to watch God bust out of the box and just blow our minds and do what only he can do. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things, first of all, this might help out I think a lot of folks have this idea that uh, if you're a pastor, you're just a natural evangelist. And there are pastors who are amazing evangelists. Uh, my buddy and your buddy, Ron Hoeksema, up here in Hancock County, that guy is an evangelist. If you let him out, he's never coming home. He's, <laughs> his, wife, his wife has to go find him. It's a mess because he's really good at it. But for me, that's not the case. I, I'm, I'm an apostle. I, I'm a teacher. I like to read nerdy books, and I like to hang out in my office. And I, I'm not as good in the evangelism sense. And so what I learned through Revive was ultimately that I was trying to be the control freak. Like for me, God in the Box was, this was all about me. I had to say the right words. I had to say the right things. You know how that goes. If I have just the right argument, you know, <laughs> if, if my thesis is correct and my theology is on point, and if I can just be persuasive and charming enough, then these people will come will come to Jesus. Now, who's the main character in the story that I just told, guys? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's me. It was all about me and what I had to do and what. And ultimately, that's the worst thing that you can do because then, when you face people who are like, "No, thank you," when you face people who are like, "This is just not. This is not good," or when you face the reality that not everybody's going to see the gospel as good news right away. You walk out crushed, defeated, and feeling horrible. You know why? Because this wasn't about what God was doing. This was a, this was a hit on my ego, on our ego, when it's about us. And so, what I really want to hear is you just have to you have to know that uh, your main responsibility when we talk about sharing the gospel is is that you are a good news messenger, uh, but you are not in charge of if somebody responds to it. Think of it this way. The person who delivers your paper, it, do people still get paper anymore? I don't know <laughs> yes, if that's still so, uh, so let's put it in email. So whoever sends you an email, it is only their job to send the email. It is not their responsibility 
to know if you read the email, if you'll respond to the email, if you'll function with the email. If that's not that's not your job. Your job is simply to send out the communication, and then it's on the individual to respond to that. In the same way, the gospel is all about Jesus. Jesus has us under control, and our job is simply to tell people about Jesus and introduce people to Jesus. And from there, it's about the individual and Jesus having a conversation. And that that changed my perspective on evangelism, and honestly changed the way that I walk with Christ and the way that I function in the world. And it's been an amazing opportunity, because then you get to see how the Holy Spirit is at work, and then you realize that God is not limited to the nice custom maple box that I built for him, but he can do whatever he wants, and it's an amazing process. So based on what you were saying just a second ago, it made me think of this. The other day I heard someone say, it's not our job to sell people anything. It's not our job to sell people God. That's not our job. We're, like you said, we're supposed to go along with God and be able to participate, but it's not our job to make sure that they buy what we're selling. Absolutely, Angie. That's, that's a wonderful point. So one of the other things that uh, I think we have to kind of look at here is, uh, I was reading in a blog this week, I think it was from uh, churchleaders.com, want to definitely give them a shout out, great resource for everybody out there. But uh, one of the quotes that kind of that uh, stood out to me the most in the topic of evangelism, uh, and I don't remember the author's name, so I apologize, but it was that people are not projects. And I think that that is kind of a part of what we have to realize here. Remember, let's go back to this thought or thinking about seeing evangelism as church programming. And the danger becomes then is that uh, instead of going out in the love of Jesus or going out simply to be that messenger that we talked about, to, to be the good news delivery system, we go out with this sense of trying to get people checked off the checklist. And that doesn't do well because honestly, then when we get to a place where we actually can share the gospel with people, we're not doing that in love. Instead, it becomes that sales tactic, like you said, Angie, that we, we turn, we, we manipulate the gospel into some sort of creepy sales pitch. And that's dangerous on a number of levels, but I think the biggest is because if they say yes, they're not just saying yes to some sort of paper subscription or, or magazine subscription or a reduction in their electric bill. They're saying yes to being introduced into the kingdom of God and following after Jesus. That's an amazing life-transforming moment, but it is also a lifetime commitment. And in the same way to the single listeners out there, don't walk up to your maybe future spouse and, and start to sales pitch them on why they should live with you <laughs> and you have good hygiene and why your shower is nice. That's good. Uh, we shouldn't be walking around asking people to follow Jesus the same way that the cable company is trying to get you to upgrade to a second TV in your bedroom. Oh, wow. Uh, this is and so, and so we, we really have to avoid that because it diminishes the gospel and it objectifies people. And, and nobody, nobody wants to be—do any of you like to be objectified? Think about it that way. I don't, I don't think so. And so we, we don't want to do that and because that's not how God sees them. One of the things, Angie, that you had said before is uh, one of the, the tripping points in this is that sometimes when we take God in the box out on the streets, we— look at people with, with our biases instead of seeing them the way that Jesus sees them. 
Mm. Um, and I think that that ties in really perfect here because when we look at people with this lens of objectification, then all of a sudden we start putting labels and biases on them instead of seeing them as a child of God whom Jesus died for. And so not only do we abuse the gospel in a sense, but we're also not loving people the way that Jesus mm. kind of called us to love. And so I think we have to be really careful there. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be driven here, but I think we have to walk that fine line of doing this for the right motive and reason instead of just saying, look look how awesome I am. Look how great I am. I sold 50 salvations last month. That, to me, kind of has some trouble behind it. I don't know what you guys think, but that's kind of where I'm landing with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just taken back to the Scripture again, honestly, Richard. And I'm thinking, you know, that God's ways— how much higher are they than ours? Like a little, <laughs> you know, yeah, like exactly. way, like we don't remotely have this figured out at all, but we have to, and let's be honest with our, uh, every one of us has those biases, Richard. It, we can, we can lie about it and pretend, but listen, we all have those, right? And so in order to love everybody like Jesus does, we have to let him through us. And I think that's a real part of of the obedience part is the yielding to his spirit and allowing his love to flow through us because even in our humanness there's no way we could pull it off. Oh, no, not not even close. And I don't think that we're called to if we go back to talking about this idea of being open. It's all about staying in your lane. What mm. what lane are you supposed to run in? And the idea that uh yeah, that's just another whole point there, which is the idea that somehow you can save somebody or that if you do it just right your way, then somebody will accept the salvation of Jesus. Honestly, that's not my job. That's not your job. Salvation comes from Jesus, and it's His alone through the Holy Spirit to offer. We are just simply messengers trying to make a connection. Have you ever heard of the phrase wingman oh, yeah. or wingwoman? When you've got a single friend and, and uh, they're a little bit too nervous, you're supposed to kind of help do the introduction part. Uh, <laughs> That's good. This might be a bit heretical, and I apologize, but uh, in a sense, we're kind of like we're kind of like Jesus' wingman through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we are introducing people to have a conversation about the gospel. But in essence, we believe that the gospel is real and alive. Right? That the scriptures uh, aren't just these dead pages, but that they reveal the will of God. And if we can bring somebody to a conversation with them, they get to meet Jesus in, in kind of a supernatural way and, and uh, let that relationship happen. So stop trying to be everything and do everything. Instead, just see yourself as, as an assistant in what God is doing. Okay, so I'm going to throw a little wrench in this whole conversation because, you know, that's what my job is, right, Mark? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. awesome. So we're talking about, or you guys are kind of talking about it from the perspective of we're going to take God in a box out to the outreach, out to the people, right? Right. Now I want you guys to talk from the perspective of how is it that we put God in the box in the way we determine how he's thinking about people. We think that God thinks about people the way we think about people. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so now we're switching uh -huh. the perspective. And I want you guys to address this in that God sees people differently than we do. So we can't put him in a box in the way that he views people. Yeah, I think, Angie, that uh, I, I can think of several experiences, but I'm curious about Richard, like uh, when he's gone, because I've actually seen this 
happen. And, and when you go out and you have this mindset, we all do like, okay, you know what? I'm called to do this. Every Christian is called to do this. We're taking the love of Jesus out. But when we get out there and we get into an encounter, it doesn't ever turn out the way that we had planned it out in our mind even. Right. And so what <laughs> happens? Yeah. What happens when we get in a situation and you, and you walk away going, this isn't at all what I had in mind. And with me, it's like all of a sudden someone has accepted the Lord and I went, what happened? That exactly. was, that was so easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richard, I'm just curious. Do you have anything that comes to your mind in that realm? Well, first of all, what's funny as we are talking and listening to you guys' conversation is, uh, the number of people that don't actually think that they're going to even need to get their Bibles out when they go, mm. uh, they, they come in so, so negative. And I think this might jump into where Angie's going here with these preconceived notions that uh, no one's going to want to hear this. This is not going to happen. And I'll walk around with this, uh, with this band and with this Bible, but chances are it's never coming out. And then the next thing you know, somebody says, yeah, I got five minutes to hear this. And then the look <laughs> on their face when they realize, this thing is happening, uh, right. and, and, and that God is moving in a way that uh, they didn't even think w- was possible, and now all of a sudden they're going, okay, let's, Romans 3.23, let's do this thing. Um, <laughs> That's good. And uh, yeah, I guess the big thing for me, Angie, to, to go back to your original question, the first thing that popped in my mind when you talked about when we go out and we we just expect that, that God sees people the way that we see people— I would just encourage your listeners, and this is probably the biggest conviction for me, uh, whenever I feel that that Pharisee or hypocrite starting to pop up in, in my life, is I always take a pause and remember the way what God has done for me, and just the, the reminder that God has been more merciful, gracious, loving, and fair with me than I ever deserved. Wow. Mm. And sometimes we just, we're so quick to just place labels and blame but then I turn around and think, would I want God to treat me the way that I'm treating whoever it is that I'm looking at? And the answer 99% of the time is no. If mm. God treated me the way that I'm treating them or the way that I see them, then we have big problems. And so I just try to remind myself in that moment that all of the sins that Jesus died on the cross for me and the complete mercy that I never deserved and I don't deserve and I think that if we can just get back to that and reminding ourselves that this isn't something that we just earned because we were good church kids or so on and so forth, Mm. but that this is a gift of grace that God gave to us, then it makes it much easier for us to give that gift away more freely. But if this is something that we think we deserve, then obviously we're going to walk around placing labels on who we think deserves it and who doesn't Mm. deserve it. Uh, Does that make sense? Is that that kind of... (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) You know, and a while back, we did a whole series on cultural bias. And this is kind of overlapping. This whole cultural bias is kind of what we're doing when we think about people the way God thinks about people. Because we look at someone who looks squared away and we think they don't need to hear the gospel, Hmm. but we don't know what's going on inside of them. And then we see someone who may be a little bit more haggard and worn, and we think, oh, they definitely need the gospel. And they're the ones that are like, praise God, I just love Jesus. You know, they're just like totally in, right? So yeah, cultural bias has a lot to do with this. Richard, you got anything else you want to add before we're done for the day? I just just want to encourage all of our listeners out there, just simply put, we talk about evangelism, and I know we've talked about some big 
heady theological stuff. I know we've <laughs> kind of kind of talked about some negatives. Ultimately, here's here's what I want you to do. I just want you to go out and see what God uh, is going to do. And I guarantee you, if you do that, if you're willing to step out of your box, <laughs> so to speak, and see what God does outside of the box, it's going to change your walk with Jesus in a way that you couldn't imagine. So please, I know that the thought of talking to people you don't know can cause anxiety and stress in the whole nine yards. It's one of the biggest blessings that you'll ever do, and I want you to see how Jesus works there and see how God shows up. Thank you again, uh, Pastor Richard Hildebrand from Hancock County, Ohio. I appreciate your time today, Pastor, and this has been a fun time together as we <laughs> try to unpack and explain what God's been doing for a long, long time, right? But yet uh, he's yeah. actually opened up our hearts and minds to see what his heart and his love is toward these people. So thank you again, <laughs> Pastor Richard. You're welcome. It was awesome, guys. God bless you. And that is today's Time to Revive. It's a great conversation today. Remember, the scripture we used was Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, if you want to review. Thank you for joining us today for Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.